0: It has been said that everything we love is on the other side of fear. But what if it was the reverse? What if everything we fear is on the other side of love? Welcome to segment five of Pretty Little Prisons, where we're going to talk about love being a confinement arc. That's right. Of course, we've all heard the expression that the truth will set you free. And in a healthy love relationship, love can also have a very liberating effect on a person. But that's not what we're here to discuss. Pretty Little Prisons is a podcast that discusses anything that might threaten to keep us stuck from experiencing joy and discuss ways that we can attempt to overcome that and and hopefully successfully overcome that. So that is the goal of this podcast is to get from A to B, right? To get you unstuck, to do whatever is possible to get you to make that mental leap or emotional leap that brings you into a space of feeling more liberated, more free than you did when you were experiencing a confinement arc, okay? So, we're specifically, obviously, discussing an unhealthy side of things, and and that would be the reason for creating or devising a strategy to get you over that or out of it. So, this week's subject, love, it's a biggie, I think, for a lot of people, um, because... The way in which we first learn about love and experience love again be- comes from that first confinement arc we experience of being in the womb and being born into our host family, which is a factor that we cannot control. Okay, so this is the first "quote unquote" love relationship that we experience, and from that, all future relationships are essential- essentially born. Um, a lot of people believe this this early childhood development to love and there have been a, st- a lot of studies that prove it obviously creates a subconscious seed that you know grow a lot of the the future relationships so the degree to which you were loved growing up how you were loved if you didn't feel love even if um your parents or parent figure or guardian um, the way they chose to show you love maybe wasn't your love language reference here to Gary Chapman's book five love language, because a lot of times um, I wouldn't say a lot of times, maybe some of the time we may feel unloved in a relationship where the other person is actually just expressing love in a different language, right? If they're acts of service, your quality time, than them offering to wash your car doesn't make you feel loved necessarily, right? That act, whereas they think, well, I wash your car every week. Well, yeah, but she'd rather have, you know, uh, an hour of quality time playing a board game or uh, an hour of, Uh, A few hours spent uh, dinner and talking without looking at your phone, right? So a quality time person may not necessarily feel loved by someone whose primary love language is acts of service, okay? Or if someone's primary, in the reverse, if someone's primary love language is acts of service and your primary love language is um, words of affirmation, then they don't necessarily feel loved or appreciated for you saying, thank you, you're amazing, you're my hero, thanks so much for washing the car. No, they might expect you to offer to do something in return, right? An act of service being their love language, meaning they want you to mirror back what they receive. So this, on a very simplistic level, love languages um, can be um, a challenge in relationships. But more than that, we wanna talk about obviously unhealthy relationships, recognizing them obviously is the key, observing patterns of behaviors. Um, Fortunately, there's a lot out there to help identify these days, Um, but there's also a danger of putting people in a box just by classical behavior and not fully understanding another, where another person's coming from. So for example, if a person and I'm not defending narcissists, but if a person displays one trait, maybe doesn't mean they're 100% narcissist, right? Um, but if you are in a narcissistic relationship or any kind of toxic relationship, then that's something you need to identify and find a way out. Because I think a lot of people maybe feel stuck in love, right? You adore this person. You can't imagine your life without them. And that is what's keeping you stuck. And that is what's keeping you justifying things that exist in the relationship that may be unhealthy, may cause you to cover up, deny, say, well, it's not that bad. I'm fortunate because, I'm grateful because. So be careful when you're doing that, when you're justifying a relationship, that's usually uh, a key, there's something wrong, right? Well, nothing's perfect. Okay, that is true, nothing's perfect. But on what level, how detrimental is this? What kind of abuse is happening? Is it mental, is it physical, or is it just a lack of fulfillment, right? Because I would say a lot of people, would feel that neglect is enough uh, to justify ending a relationship, not feeling present, acknowledged um, by their desired love partner. So somebody you once had a very romantic full relationship with it's now um, dwindled maybe over time. And so this may cause you to... Consider, well, okay, maybe this was a reason or a season type relationship and not a lifetime. Because make no doubt about it, epic love, real love, true love stands the test of time. Nothing can destroy it. Not a person, not a thing. The fire can burn the house. The hurricane, the tornado can take the house. And as long as you two are standing there together, looking at each other thank god we still have each other and that's all we need we'll start over we'll start again together we can do anything that's an epic love that's what you fight for that's what you hold on to that's what you don't let go work at it it'll get better why because the two people are both invested to the same degree so i think a lot of these love relationships that you know where people feel stuck it's because there's not an equal exchange of energy of giving to the relationship of caring and nurturing the relationship. You both got to be throwing logs on the fire and and keeping the fire alive or um, keeping the music playing as as Peebo Bryson once sang. So, so think about it um, because the other side of this is for those not feeling stuck in a love relationship. Maybe you're stuck in being single. Maybe you've made that self-preservationist decision to love yourself, right? And quit relationships, quit dating. Why? Because it's safe. And then Maybe you're ruling out opportunities. Maybe you don't feel stuck by being single. Okay, maybe loving yourself is the most liberating thing you've ever experienced. And I'm not suggesting that moving out of that is a better thing. But what I am saying is that if you're choosing to be single because you're living out of fear of relationship, that's something you might want to look at. Because anything in your life that is a confining arc can be detrimental to your mental and emotional health so just make sure those choices you're making truly are out of love and not fear because if something else greater presents itself you don't want to stay backed into that little cave like a bear and say i'm not coming out because the last eight times i loved or six times i loved or maybe it's just one bad relationship what it was enough for you one and done right um just be careful that you're not that you are living in self-love and not fear okay because you know that is something that's very very i think important in terms of not allowing your past to steal joy from your present and future and that wraps up our confinement arc discussion of fear and love in this week's segment of Pretty Little Prisons with your host, Wendy Watts. Thanks so much for joining me. And I look forward to presenting another podcast soon.